Today's episode is sponsored by the free mindset audit, which you can get at www.maximindset.com. You just answer a couple questions and then I will send you a free video that is based on your answers to hopefully help you, inspire you, and give you some insight into your mindset and your life direction. So enjoy. Welcome back to the Mindset Design Podcast. I am Arlen Moore, and in today's episode, we are going to tackle the infamous essay, 1,000 True Fans. Now, this is going to be really targeted toward anyone who wants to be successful as a creative, okay? And really anyone who wants to be successful as an entrepreneur. I mean, I'm going to add in my commentary as I read this, because this article really pops up across whether you want to be an artist, a YouTuber, and by artist, I mean like rapper, singer, songwriter, or painter, or drawer, you know, and anyone in the creative space, but also the founders of Airbnb pretty much use the same exact tactic, the 1000 true fans model to grow, obviously one of the biggest businesses in the last several years. That being said, um, I'm going to get into it. This really should, you know, if you've, if you've read this article before, I hope you enjoy my take on it. And if you haven't read this article and you want to be creative, it's very likely that this is going to completely shift your mindset. You know, on that note, I do want to obviously say this is the Mindset Design Podcast, where we break down some of the key insights needed to create massive shifts in your life. Your mind is the cause of reality, you know, as I say all the time. That's why I created Maxi. That is why people are having such amazing results because we go straight to the cause of your life, which is your mind. Without harping too much on Maxi, <laughs> um, I'm going to start reading. So to be a successful creator, you don't need millions. You don't need millions of dollars or millions of customers, millions of clients or millions of fans or subscribers or whatever. To make a living as a craftsperson, photographer, musician, designer, author, animator, app maker, entrepreneur, or inventor, you need only thousands of true fans. A true fan is defined as a fan that will buy anything you produce. Now, before I um, continue reading, I do want to announce that I have a special announcement at the end of this podcast. So stick around to the end if you would like to kind of be included in that. Uh, because it's pretty cool. Okay, so I'm going to continue. A true fan is defined as a fan that will buy anything you produce. These diehard fans will drive 200 miles to see you sing. They will buy the hardback and paperback and audible versions of your book. They will pay for the best of DVD of your free YouTube channel. They will come to your chef's table once a month. If you have roughly a thousand true fans like this, also known as super fans, you can make a living. If you are content to make a living, but not a fortune, but I'm going to pause there, okay? I'm coming in with Arlen commentary and say that you actually can make a fortune out of this and, you know, I'll chime in on how and why when appropriate. But here's how the math works. You need to meet two criteria. First, you have to create enough each year that you can earn on average $100 profit from each true fan. That is easier to do in some arts and businesses than others but it is a good creative challenge in every area because it is easier, always easier and better to give your existing customers more than it is to find new ones. So let me say that again, because that's very key. It is always easier and better to give your existing customers more than it is to find new ones. Second, 
You must have a direct relationship with your fans. That is, they must pay you directly. You get to keep all of their support. Unlike the small percent of their fees you might get from a music label, publisher, studio, retailer, or intermediate, if you keep the full $100 of each true fan, then you need only 1,000 of them to earn $100,000 per year. That's a living for most folk. A thousand customers is a whole lot more feasible to aim for than uh, a million fans. Millions of paying fans is not a realistic goal to shoot for, especially when you are starting out. But a thousand fans is doable. You might even be able to remember a thousand names. If you added one true fan per day, it'd only take a few years to gain a thousand. The number a thousand is not absolute. Its significance is in its rough order of magnitude, three orders less than a million. The actual number has to be adjusted for each person. If you are able to earn only $50 per year per true fan, then you only need 2,000. Likewise, if you can sell $200 per year, then you only need 500 true fans. Or you may need only 75,000 per year to live on, so you adjust downward. Or if you are a duet or have a partner, then you need to multiply by two to get 2,000 true fans. For a team, you need to multiply further. But the good news is that the increase in the size of your true fan base is geometric and linear in proportion to the size of the team. If you increase the team by 33%, you need only increase your fans by 33%. Another way to calculate the support of a true fan is to aim to get one day's wage per year from them. Can you excite or please them sufficient to earn one day's labor? That's a high bar, but not impossible for a thousand people worldwide. And of course, not every fan will be a super fan. While the support of a thousand true fans may be sufficient for a living for every single true fan, you might have two or three regular fans. Think of concentric circles with true fans in the center and a wider circle of regular fans around them. These regular fans may buy your creations occasionally or may have bought only once, but their ordinary purchases expand your total income. Perhaps they bring in an additional 50%. Still, you want to focus on the super fans because the enthusiasm of true fans can increase the patronage of regular fans. True fans not only are direct sources of your income, but also your chief marketing force for ordinary fans. This is very key. This is very, very key. Let me just read that line again. True fans not only are direct source of your income, but also your chief marketing force for the ordinary fans. So what happens when you have a true fan is they basically shout your name everywhere. They tell your fr their friends, they tell their YouTube audience, they tell their parents, they tell the other people in your community, like, and show everyone around you, them and you how awesome you are as the leader. I mean, I can think of mine right now. <laughs> uh, there's a girl named Lore, Josh, uh, Sailor, Tristan, like, I turn them into pretty much leaders in my community and Maxi, because they are what I consider to be true fans. And they and their example sets the example, not only, you know, as the successes of my uh, product, Maxi, like for example, Laura lost 20 pounds in a month. That's huge. You know, I would never highlight a super fan unless they were having success in their own life. And that was like a perfect example. You know, they shout your name everywhere. They are perfect examples, you know, testimonials. When you give special attention to super fans, which I certainly do, like the more someone is engaged in Maxi, uh, there's another kid named Neil, who's very, very engaged, Asya, Julia. I, I mean, I've, I've been paying very careful attention to this. So there's actually a lot within my community. So if you're listening and you're in Maxi and I haven't, I haven't forgotten you, um, there's just, there's a lot of names. Ben, when you pay careful attention to the true fans and you highlight them, 
again, it takes the ordinary fans and it makes them kind of look and be like, oh, if I want the leader's attention, then I should really put more effort into this product, into Maxi, or I should, you know, post that this podcast on my story. That's how you get the attention of the leader. That's how the leader develops a connection and makes the product even better. And, and that's another thing, like if whether you're a creator or an entrepreneur, listening to your true fans is going to help you improve your product or service or your video, YouTube videos or your songs because they're the ones who love your stuff the most and you can trust them to give you accurate feedback because they've seen and done and gone through every piece of content you've made. Fans, customers, patrons have been around forever, but what's new here? A couple things. While direct relationship with customers was the default mode in old times, the benefits of modern retailing meant that most creators in the last century did not have direct contact with customers or consumers. Even the publishers, studios, labels, and manufacturers did not have such crucial information as the name of their customers. For instance, despite being in business for hundreds of years, no New York book publisher knew the names of their core and dedicated readers. For previous creators, these intermediates, and there were often more than one, meant you needed much larger audiences to have success. With the advent of ubiquitous peer-to-peer -peer communication and payment systems, also known as the web today, everyone has access to excellent tools that allow anyone to sell directly to anyone else in the world. So a creator in Bend, Oregon can sell and deliver a song to someone in Kathmandu, Nepal, as easily as a New York record label, maybe even more easily. The new technology permits creators to maintain relationships so that the customer can become a fan, and so that the creator keeps the total amount of payment, which reduces the number of fans needed. This new ability for the creator to retain the full price is revolutionary, but a second technological innovation amplifies that power further. A fundamental virtue of a peer-to-peer -peer network like the web is that the most obscure node is only one click away from the most popular node. This is a little bit confusing, guys, but it'll break it down here. In other words, the most obscure underselling book, song, or idea is only one click away from the best-selling book, song, or idea. Early in the rise of the web, the large aggregators of content and products such as eBay, Amazon, Netflix, etc., Notice that the total sales of all the lowest selling obscure items would equal or in some cases exceed the sales of the few best selling items. Chris Anderson, my success at Wired, named this effect the long tail. For the visually graphed shape of the sales distribution curve, a low, nearly inner, uh, interminable line of items selling only a few copies per year that, from a, uh, that form a long tail for the abrupt vertical beast of a few bestsellers. But the area of the tail was as big as the head. With that insight, the aggregators had great incentive to encourage audiences to click on the obscure items. They invented recommendation engines and other algorithms to channel attention to the rare creations in the long tail. Even web search companies like Google, Bing, found it in their interest to reward searchers with the obscure because they could sell ads in the long tail as well. The result was that the most obscure became less obscure. So really what this is saying is that just because you're not, you know, the number one YouTube channel on YouTube, just because you're not the, you know, highest selling product on Amazon, Amazon and YouTube and, you know, search engines in general all benefit from sending traffic to your page because you're, you know, you're a thousand customers, you're a thousand followers, or maybe you're a thousand hundred subscribers on YouTube are watching you. And by keeping those hundred people on YouTube, even if they're only watching you, 
and they're not watching the biggest creators, or maybe they are, it's still helping them grow. So, you know, it's like YouTube, all these big companies, TikTok, they're going to send you traffic, even if it's only to the few fans that you have. If you lived in any of the 2 million small towns on earth, you might be the only one in your town to crave death metal music or get turned on by whispering <laughs> or want left-handed uh, a left-handed fishing reel. Before the web, you'd never be able to satisfy that desire. You'd be alone in your fascination. But now, satisfaction is only one click away. Whatever your interests are as a creator, as the weird creator you might be, your 1,000 true fans are only one click away from you. As far as I can tell, there's nothing, no product, no idea, no desire, without a fan base on the internet. Everything made, or everything thought of, can interest at least one person in a million. It's a low bar. Yet even if only one out of a million people were interested, that's potentially 7,000 people on the planet. That means that a one in a million appeal can find 1,000 true fans. The trick is to practically find those fans, or more accurately, to have them find you. Now here's the thing. The big corporations, the intermediates, the commercial producers are all under-equipped and ill-suited to connect with these thousand true fans. They are institutionally unable to find and deliver niche audiences and, cons and consumers. That means that the long tail is wide open to you, the creator. You'll have your one in a million true fans to yourself, and the tools for your connecting keep getting better and better, including the recent innovations in social media. It has never been easier to gather a thousand true fans around a creator and never easier to keep them near. So for example, with Maxi, I have a Slack community, which is basically a group messaging app where I'm active every single day. I respond to direct messages um, and we do three Zoom calls a week. So I'm literally face to face with my thousand true fans. These are all ways you can get creative and you know do for your own businesses or YouTube channels. One of the many new innovations serving the true fan creator is crowdfunding. Having your fans finance your next product uh, for them is genius. Win-win all around. There are about 2,000 different crowdfunding platforms worldwide, many of them specializing in specific fields, raising money for scientific experiments, for bands, or documentaries. Each has its own uh, requirements and a different funding model, in addition to specialized interests. Some platforms require all-for-nothing funding goals. Others permit partial funding. Some raise money for completed projects. Some, like Patreon, fund ongoing projects. Patreon supporters might fund a monthly magazine or a video series or an artist's salary. The most famous and largest crowdfunder is Kickstarter, which has successfully raised $2.5 billion for more than 100,000 uh, projects. The average number of supporters for a successful Kickstarter project is 241 funders, far less than 1,000. That means if you have 1,000 true fans, you can do a crowdfunding campaign because by definition, a true fan will become a Kickstarter funder. Although success of your campaign is dependent on what you ask for uh, of your fans. So I think this is, you know, this is not something I've ever done, but I've seen it be very successful. Lil Dicky, uh, one of my favorite artists out there, he did a crowdfunding campaign when he was first starting out for, you know, budgeting music videos. I think he wanted to raise $100,000 and he like, he might have made over a million, which ended up funding a lot of his best music videos to date, which is pretty cool. Um, a lot of other creators are using Patreon to kind of just accept payment. I've never gotten into it, um, but I guess it's not off the table. You know, for example, if I ever wanted to really start cranking on a maxi app, which I am, 
I guess I suppose it'd be an interesting idea to accept donations or not donations, but like investments, I guess, from existing Maxi members of people who want the app already um, to kind of speed the process along. But we'll see. I don't, I don't know. That's just a uh, floating thought that just kind of came out. The truth is that cultivating a thousand true fans is time consuming, sometimes nerve wracking and not for everyone. Done well, and why not do it well, it can become another full-time job. At best, it will be a consuming and challenging part-time task that requires ongoing skills. There are many creators who don't want to deal with fans, and honestly should not. They should just paint or sew or make music and hire someone else to deal with their superfans. If that is you, and you add someone to deal with fans, a helper will skew your formula, increasing the number of fans you need. But that might be the best mix. If you go that far, then why not subcontract out dealing with fans to the middle people, the labels, the studios, and publishers and retailers? If they work for you, fine. But remember, in most cases, they would be even worse at this than you would. The mathematics of a thousand true fans, and we're nearing the end, guys, and then I'm going to talk a bit. The mathematics of a thousand true fans is not a binary choice. You don't have to go this route to the uh, exclusion of another. Many creators, including myself, will use direct relations with superfans in addition to mainstream intermediaries. I've been published by several big-time New York publishers I have self-published, and I have used Kickstarter to publish to my true fans. I chose each format depending on the content and my aim. But in each every case, cultivating my true fans enriches the route I chose. The takeaway. A thousand true fans is an alternative path to success other than stardom. Instead of trying to reach the narrow and unlikely peaks of platinum bestseller hits, blockbusters, and celebrity status, you can aim for direct connection with a thousand true fans. On your way, no matter how many fans you actually succeed in gaining, you'll be surrounded not by faddish infatuation, but by genuine and true appreciation. It's a much saner destiny to hope for, and you are much more likely to actually arrive there. Okay, so by the way, that was just an excerpt from the entire article, which is quite a bit longer and more you know, in-depth. But I'd like to add my commentary on this and, you know, give you some more actionable insight and understanding. And the first place I want to start is the entrepreneurial route and understanding of this. And then I'll talk about the creator route. Actually, you know, I'm going to talk about the creator route first. So as a creator, you know, as a YouTuber or starting YouTuber or starting TikToker or starting anything, what I want you to understand is that, you know, it's it's good to, I think, aim to have you know, 100,000 subscribers or a million subscribers, because that gets you thinking about the proper type of like clickbait that might attract millions. But at the same time, I would love for you guys to maybe take a month where you're not actually shooting for millions. Really think like, if I had to choose one person to create this video for if I were thinking, you know, I'm only speaking to one person, who would I make that video for? To give you an example, Tim Ferriss wrote the book Four Hour Workweek with literally two friends in mind. Like he was writing it as if he was writing them a personal letter. So next time you go write a song, next time you go write or the script of a video, next time you go make a TikTok, think like who would find this funny? Like what one person would find this hysterical? If you can make it for one person, there's definitely going to be a thousand people like that one person who would also find it funny. And so that being said, like, a lot of times, and, and I use this analogy all the time, but when you shoot for everyone, you get no one. And the analogy is, if you walk into a subway and 
you're with a friend or something, your friend starts having a heart attack and you start screaming out, hey, everyone, you know, my friend's having a heart attack. I need help. If you're in the New York subway, everyone's going to, you know, be concerned, but who's going to really know to help? So on the flip side, what if you went down and you're the same subway and your friend starts having a heart attack, it's busy New York subway, and you yell out, are there any doctors here? And naturally, you know, the doctors hear their calling, you have targeted doctors, maybe like three or four doctors are in that subway and they turn around and help. So rather than shooting for everyone and no one hears you, shoot for a specific crowd and then you're going to attract that crowd. So on, on a number of levels, this is so beneficial, like choosing your true fans, like you might be wondering, how do I actually do that? Well, just think first off, who am I making this content for? It could even be a younger version of you. It could be, um, you know, for whatever reason, a specific demographic that you really care about. But when you think through that lens, when you think like, and you get specific, you end up creating clickbait that actually is more clickbaity because you're targeting people. When you're targeting people, they are so much more likely to hear you. They're so much more likely to click rather than trying to make a thumbnail like, you know, I, we, we all love, uh, you know, Logan. Uh, I guess we don't all love Logan Paul. Um, <laughs> I, I like Logan Paul. But like trying to make, you know, the super, super clickbaity stuff right off the bat, trying to attract millions right off the bat may not necessarily be the most the most direct path because, you know, everyone's trying to do that. So be unique. Be you. Focus on what weird things you like. And when you do that, you're going to attract a lot more people right off the bat. And then eventually long term, the weirder you are, the more unique you are, the more original you are, that's what ends up actually being the superstar in the first place. So now I'm going to relate this to entrepreneurship and why I'm doing this specifically with Maxi, and then I'll get into that special announcement. When you look at Airbnb, okay, when they first started Airbnb, they did this. They were working on their 1,000 true fans. They created the website connecting people looking to stay in a home and people looking to allow their home to be stayed in. And they went to the homes of people at Airbnb. So imagine you get an Airbnb and the founders show up. That's what they were doing. And they were saying like, how is your stay? What went well? You know, what hasn't gone well? What would make your experience amazing? What would make your experience 11 stars out of five? That's actually one thing they, they said, and it's a fun exercise to do. If you are a creator or entrepreneur, ask yourself, you know, on a scale of one to five, five stars, what would a one star experience look like? And then you map that out. Two stars, three stars, four stars, five stars. And once you get to five stars, you kind of like limit yourself in your mind and you think like, oh, this would be a great experience, right? This would be five stars. But then go up to what would a six star experience look like for my true fans? What would a seven star experience look like? all the way up to 11 stars, where 11 stars for Airbnb, Airbnb, for example, is like you show up to the Airbnb, or no, you show up to the airport, and you're being awaited by like Elon Musk, and the founders of Airbnb, and like some supermodels. And they bring you in a limousine as like, people are chanting your name, and you roll up to this beautiful Airbnb. And there's like a massage table waiting for you. There's a private chef, and like a surfboard, and it's on the beach. And so the idea is like, while this might sound crazy, along the way to 11 stars, whether you're at the six star, this, you know, eight star, you're going to come up with ideas that you previously didn't thought think of that perhaps weren't that crazy to begin with. 
and you can throw them into your actual experience. So for example, the surfboard, I came up with like surfboard. That's actually not that crazy to put in an Airbnb and to have them as an option. So you can take these, what might seem like crazy ideas and put them into the actual experience. So, you know, entrepreneurially, what happens is when you cater to a thousand true fans, you start crafting the experience so incredibly amazing that someone who isn't a, a true fan, you know, yet pops into your business and is like, oh my God. And they're just immediately blown away and they like become a true fan much faster because you've sculpted the experience so well that new people just come in and they're like, this is, I've never seen anything like this because that's what you're doing. You're creating something totally, totally original, totally new. My voice is scratchy. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but I hope you have enjoyed this true fans episode. If you have, then I would definitely think you would enjoy Maxi. If you're already in Maxi, what up? Hope you're doing well today, crushing it, listening to your master vision, completing your daily action, all that. Okay, here's the announcement. For the month of June 2020, I am going to be very focused on my 1,000 true fans more than ever. So I may even bump it up to four Zoom calls a week. Um, I may even open some one-on-one FaceTimes. Uh, I may, you know, I may, I'm saying I might. Uh, But the the main promise being I'm going to be very, very, very involved this month. And the reason is because I want to make sure this experience is bar none the best mindset design thing out there. So unparalleled that, you know, it's just going to blow everyone away. So what I mean by saying this is like if you haven't joined, now is the best time to join because – June, you're going to get my special attention more than ever. Um, and then, you know, as I expand, obviously my attention is going to be a little more, a little more um, scattered because I'm not going to be able to, to give you as much attention because there's going to be, you know, my goal this year is 10,000 members, but you're going to be one of the first thousand. And that's really cool. So maximindset.com, you can join monthly. I recommend joining yearly because you're going to save money. Um, this product is going to continue to get better and better. And, you know, the other announcement is that in June, I'm also working on Maxi Pro, which is the six-week mindset course. And it's going to be very, 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 like, packed with value. Um, why I say that, like, it's literally going to be worth tens of thousands of dollars, and it's going to be pretty much free for the month of June. Um, and I say that because I spend tens of thousands of dollars on courses on private coaching with some of the best coaches out there. And I take what I learn and I put it into Maxi and I put it into this course. So Maxi itself, you know, the tool will always be the price of a sandwich once a month. (laughs) Um, But Maxi Pro will not always be that price either. I hope this was helpful. Um, I hope that it inspired you. I hope that uh, gave you some cool ideas. This was episode eight of Maxi Mindset or of Mindset Design Podcast, which is cool because I like the number eight. Eight AM is my clothing brand. Um, and you know, if you turn an eight on the side, you get an infinity. You shift your perspective slightly, you see the limitless potential that you have that there is in reality. And so I hope you enjoyed episode eight. That's it. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Peace.